This is the Making Waves podcast, sponsored by Ripple Effect. My name is Dave Ropen, and I'm here with Bethany Soy, District 9. Welcome, Bethany. Thanks for having me. So let's jump right into it here. So uh, big kudos on uh, passing 1080. Could you tell us about it? Yeah, so that was my big bill, actually my only bill this year. Uh, we also called it the Help Not Harm Bill, which was a big part of our messaging. And just in case people aren't familiar, there were three things that the bill um, was working to prohibit. It was cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and then gender transition surgeries for minors. So that was kind of the um, the goal of the bill, and it was it was very successful, passed way stronger than I ever could have imagined. 60-10 in the House, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, three, only three Republicans voted against it in all the legislature, so that's, that's pretty That's strong. a good showing, because yeah. they've had pa- bills like this in the past, and they did not pass before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so Fred Deutsch brought the first bill of this kind three years ago. It was really, it was the first one in the nation that um, tried to prohibit these things, and Obviously, that one didn't pass, and that met a lot of criticism, but I think we learned a lot from that experience, and we changed this bill, um, specifically the enforcement, because Fred's bill um, made, if you did any of these procedures, it was a felony, so there's a lot of pushback that you're turning doctors into felons, and that was kind of their big talking point. So we really, we took that away with this bill by making it, you will lose your medical license, so you're not... You don't become a criminal, but you do risk your job, mm-hmm. and that's up to you. And then there's also a part of the bill that allows for a minor to sue the doctor later on. So it's at age, the statute of limitations is either age 25 or three years after you discover the harm, which is actually based on our child abuse statute, because a lot of times if something happens to someone when they're a child, they don't really realize the trauma and what it has done to them until later on in life. And especially in this situation, you may not know that you're infertile until you try to have children. So I think that's why it's important to have that when you discover the harm as well. This uh, issue is more in the public eye, so you got a lot of uh, grassroots support for this and uh, more people were aware of the issue. Yeah, and there was a huge article in the National Review that really kicked this off. They kind of showed what's happening in South Dakota, and especially with Sanford, and how bills like this have been killed in the past. And I think that really opened a lot of eyes, and it really stirred up the grassroots. And then we had a lot of great people from Patriot Ripple Effect that did some protesting and made sure that it was out front and the public didn't forget about what was happening. Ripple Effect wasn't the only group. The yeah. FHA, any yeah. other groups were that? Should we give yeah, we had the Catholic Conference. This was uh, one of their main priorities this session, so they did a lot of great lobbying. Um, Michael Pauly mm-hmm. was really great in helping to form the bill because he's a really smart lawyer. Um, yeah, and we had Concerned Women for America. They helped a lot. <laughs> hope I'm not forgetting any groups, but it was it was a really good group effort, and we were all really able to get on the same page and work in the same direction, and it was super effective. Uh, opposition groups, can you name a few of those groups? I understand there's mm-hmm. a possibility of being uh, sued by the ACLU at the uh, state of South Dakota. Yeah, I mean, anytime you venture anywhere near, you know, trans issues, then the ACLU is going to be there, right? So they were definitely one of the main opponents. Um, in the past, Sanford has been against the bill because mm-hmm. they're the ones that are actually doing the procedures. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting this year is that they didn't, they stood down. They didn't testify at all. 
Hmm. So there was a, a a medical doctor association that testified, but really other than that, the hospitals were absent, the Chamber of Commerce wasn't there. It was the ACLU, you know, some specific trans individuals. And then there were two pastors that came out and testified, you know, kind of the idea that we're all God's children and we should be treated equally. But it was really a kind of a different approach from last time and a lot a lot weaker, obviously. But Public scrutiny perhaps mm-hmm. had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Now, uh, we kind of looked at Minnesota as a bellwether on some of these things because they... Well, you know, tax issues. The Minnesotans complain about South Dakota having less taxes, and then Minnesotans moving here from Minnesota. And they've been uh, uh, making some waves lately about uh, some of their transgender bills that they're passing. Could you tell us a little bit about the possibility that Minnesota's a bellwether and how that affects South Dakota? Yeah, they're definitely reacting to bills like HB 1080, and there was also one recently passed in Iowa to prohibit these things as well, I know. So they're reacting to what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's all around them. North Dakota, I I don't think that's passed yet, but Nebraska, these bills have been introduced. So they're essentially creating a sanctuary state for these procedures. And there are some really dangerous bills that they're looking at right now that would essentially strip away parental rights. That if you don't want your child to go through these things, that you really don't have any say Hmm. and that the state can take over. And this is... I mean, this is like what California and Oregon are doing right now. And I had one mom from California that told her story and how she refused and the state took her daughter away and put her in one of these kind of halfway houses where they would do the transition and her daughter ended up committing suicide over it. So it clearly didn't solve her problem. These are not safe issues. Uh, other other issues that are coming up with the uh, uh, things that uh, related to this, for example, uh, you mentioned things are being kept from parents. Yeah, I had a South Dakota dad who reached out to me and had issues accessing his child's medical records. He wasn't able to see those, even though the child was under 18. And that's something that I really want to look into going forward mm-hmm. and making sure that parents aren't being kept from those um, records and even when it comes to the schools, when they're seeing counselors there, make sure there's no secret transitioning going on. Mm. Um, Because these are, I mean, we're not talking about abused and neglected children. We're talking about parents who care about their kids and are actively involved in their life and they're being cut out. And that's definitely not healthy. So that's something I'm going to be looking into going forward. All right. Any takeaways from the legislative session this year? Yeah, I think one thing that made us super effective is at the beginning, all the different groups, we had the same messaging and we had a brand right away. We had help, not harm, and really tried to focus. That was huge. Yeah. You made a logo mm-hmm. for your uh, your belt. Yeah, and we had a website as well. I have So the original idea came from the National Family Policy Alliance, mm-hmm. but then we, we took it and kind of made it work for South Dakota. Mm-hmm. But the focus being, you know, we care about these children, too. And I think I think people on both sides of the issue, I think they genuinely do care about children. And I think most of the time parents are trying to do what's best, but they're being misguided, they're being lied to, and that we want these children to have true help and healing, not something that leaves them permanently damaged. And all of our groups were able to use that same messaging, so we were very effective that way, mm-hmm. especially when we're lobbying legislators, 
staying positive and staying on key and because the other side will try to say it's anti-trans legislation you know all these negative things and you're like nope just stick to the positive stick to what we're trying to do and i think that's what made it so effective you influence more with honey rather than vinegar yeah for sure <laughs> all right well uh was there any other issues you want to bring up or uh with, with uh um you know I don't think this is an issue that's going to go away. I mean, that was a huge victory, but we're going to have to see what happens when the bill actually goes into effect in July, and the ACLU has said that they will sue us. Mm -hmm. um, there have been a lot of other states that have passed similar bills lately, so I don't know if they'll actually pick South Dakota or they'll pick someone else, but we may end up in a legal battle going forward, so it's, it's not over yet. Well, thank you for being with us, Bethany. D District 9. District 9. Hartford. Yep. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Cool district.